0: Are you ready for retirement? Do you feel comfortable about your years of retirement? Many women don't feel ready or have some questions that need to be answered. Welcome to Women Seeking Blissful Retirement with Maria Lukasen. We've got some amazing guests and terrific ideas to make sure you are preparing and enjoying retirement. Now, here's your host, Maria Lukasen.
1: Yes, hello, good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever you are. This is Maria Lukassen, your host for today's show of Women Seeking Blissful Retirement at the Empowerment Channel of Voice America. It's the largest radio platform in the world of talk radio shows. Welcome to all our listeners in the United States, Canada and also in Europe, from the Netherlands, from Ireland, France, and even from India, China, Australia. So glad that you are all listening to the show live, or maybe as a recording, but uh, so grateful that you are making time for you to find out more about the topic of retirement. It's my great pleasure and honor to present this series of shows and bring subjects that will help you in planning and preparing for the next chapter in life. I am excited to talk today with our guest, but we have all, uh, a couple of other things that usually happen in the show. It's, um, I have a quote of the week. I have some wise women words. I do affirmations, and I might have some uh, special fast action tips. So, the affirmation for this week. An affirmation opens the door. It's a beginning point on the path to change. In essence, you are saying to your subconscious mind, I am taking responsibility. I am aware that there is something I can do to change. When I talk about doing affirmations, I mean consciously choosing words that will either help eliminate something from your life or help create something new in your life. Affirmations are like seeds planted in soil. Poor soil, poor growth. Rich soil, abundant growth. Feel good. The quicker the affirmations work. So for today, the affirmation that I have is, I am grateful to have the opportunity to serve my loved one in this special way. And I think that is a very well appropriate for the show that we are doing today uh, because it has a, a, a very special subject where a lot of love comes to play. And it's a, not everybody will experience this, but there are more and more possibilities that you have to take care of somebody In retirement, because even uh, with all the medical technology and everything else that is out there that has um, made sure that we can live longer and healthier, there's still a lot of issues why people turn sick later in life and then are not able to care of themselves anymore. So that's really the topic what we want to talk about. Today. So, um, this is the talk show for unique women who dream to retire soon blissfully. If this is what you are dreaming about, you are at the right place. You can still be working on a job, but if you are contemplating early retirement now because of the situation with COVID 19, you need to be here listening. My show provides great information, new perspectives, wonderful real life stories and useful tips to make retirement the best time of your life. Yes, so besides doing the radio show, I also am a retirement coach. So I coach women when they decide I want to retire in one year, two years time and I helped them to figure out what retirement looks like. But also, if this COVID-19 situation has thrown you a curveball to change what that means for you, then that can be a real challenge. Early retirement, if you are st- uh, sitting home right now because you can't go back to work, sounds like an attractive choice if you can do this or planned. But if it's like now in the COVID 19 situation, it might not be planned. So um, sometimes you can l- make the choice to leave and you can plan for it. But many that are unplanned or unvoluntary retirement right now were not expecting all the emotions that come with early retirement. Maybe because it was a last minute decision and you were not really planning it, or maybe you made the and you were just now thinking that you're feeling trapped because you can't really do the things you would like to do, go to events or travel. Or maybe you are missing that you are responsible for something and you're not now anymore, now you are at home and early retired so yes circumstances change and often in ways that are not planned for but the important thing is to find something to do that will you give a reason to get up in the morning and fill your time productive and enjoyable way so if you are a career woman that is contemplating involuntary retirement and can recognize the feelings that i just gave you of frustration losing your identity or are uncertain about what's next, I help women change their perspective on retirement and design a lifestyle that works for them. The first step in the process is to do an assessment to see where you are right now and what the biggest gap is for creating a purposeful, pleasant and affordable retirement. It's the start of a longer process, but I'm all about helping Women in midlife that are now in a situation that is challenges. So look at the banner on the show page. And there is one that gives you a free assessment. Grab it now so you can start your journey to a blissful retirement. Yes. So that's one of the things that I would like to offer to all our listeners that are in the situation of early, unplanned, unvoluntary retirement now because of the COVID-19 situation. So we have featured guests and last week I had Kep who was talking about depression in retirement. Tonight or today I have a different guest and I would love to welcome her right now to the show and her name is Leslie Koch. Leslie, hello, welcome to my show. Hello, Maria,
2: and thank you for the opportunity of joining you today. I really appreciate this.
1: Yes, and I'm so glad that you have time at the moment to chat with me a little bit more about the kind of serious topic too that a lot of people don't think about. And um, I want to do a short bio first so that the listener has an idea with who I've been talking today. And then we can start our conversation. I I have a few questions that I want to ask. So Leslie Koch is a noted certified coach, a public speaker, an author, and a facilitator. She has been in the field of coaching for over 13 years. Her career in corporate executive leadership at a Fortune 500 company, ADP, set her on successful track of executive coaching. In designing her own retirement transition and retirement plan, Leslie applies her own journey and retirement coaching skills to support others as they define and launch their retirement plans. Leslie leads workshops and speaks on the subject. Leslie has become known as a pioneer in the critically important area of spousal caregiving. She coaches spousal caregivers and couples who face the daily caregiving responsibilities in retirement. With coach peers, Leslie has co-authored two books on the non-financial side of retirement. The books are called The Retirement Challenge and Right Sourcing Retirement. So, Leslie, I'm so, like I mentioned already, so happy that you have time because many people think retirement should be happy. Worked so hard all my life and now I can enjoy a good time and um, I just will have a, a pleasant time and it doesn't always happen and it's not always because they cannot do things or they can't afford things but sometimes life has different things in mind so one of the things that a lot of people don't think of is that somebody can turn sick can be yourself and you don't know of course when you go with retirement or it can be your spouse Um, that you're living with who might have um, Alzheimer or who could have another form of dementia. There could be also um, physical uh, limitations that can uh, make it necessary for the other half of the couple to take care of whoever is sick. So uh, you are talking about this topic, and I want to know from you first... How did you make the decision first to get a retirement coach? And then, how did you get involved or thinking about the topic of spousal caregiving? All right. Well, thank you.
2: Uh, My entree into retirement coaching actually occurred while I was working in a corporate leadership position. And I had come to the realization that I had achieved everything that I wanted to in that environment. And it was unusual because I was younger than the normal retirement age of most other executives in the company I worked for. And yet I realized that there was something more for me in my life. And I didn't want for tradition To stand in the way. And so, in fact, before I concluded my career, I began certification in coaching because I sat down and thought about what are the things that I really enjoyed in my career. And it was working with other people, developing senior teams, encouraging people to be who they are and more. And through some Uh, referrals from friends was to look into coaching. And sure enough, that was something that really fit what I was looking for. I began in uh, executive coaching, helping others who were like me, who had made that decision to end a career, move on to something else. Some people call it retirement in all its different phases. And you know what that's like, Maria. And once I became a a, a coach. I realized that retirement in and of itself at at that point in time, which is almost 15 years ago, was uncharted waters. There was so much of an emphasis about the financial side of retirement, but the rest of it was really lost in floating. In fact, when I did retire, I uh, found a group of women who I then would hike with. And it was interesting how they, in also them leaving their their careers, what they thought of retirement. And each of them had a different either level of confusion or a different focus of what, what they wanted to do. And then and there I realized that there's got to be something out there to help people in this time of what I believe can be the best time in our life. And as a consequence, I found a, uh, an organization that uh, trained and certified retirement coaches. And that's where I am today. And as most retirement coaches evolve, they look into certain areas of retirement that are meaningful, and where they feel that they have a gift to be able to help others. And for me, my sub area of of um, helping people who are planning their retirement, the spousal caregiving, which we're talking about today, and the other is our relationship with money, not how much we have, but how we relate to it. And that's a, that's a, a talk for another time, but I hope that we'll do that together. But going back to spousal caregiving, um, spousal caregiving occurs possibly when we least expect it or when we least uh, understand what it might mean to us. So there's a whole host of situations that occur that bring us to taking on the role. In fact, I think you may have used the statistic, which is the case, that Americans today, 7 in 10 who are turning 65 will need prolonged care in their later years. And I say later years, but in fact, many people in that 7 and 10 begin that need for prolonged care in their late 50s and 60s. And then, of course, others who, as we, I know you had said, as we um, our longevity is increased, then there's much more of a probability that in our late 70s, 80s, 90s, that we will need, or our spouse or life partners will need prolonged care. Yes,
1: and uh, that is indeed what I uh, wanted to say uh, when I started uh, to talk about the topic for today. There is many of us who don't realize how big the chance is, you say, 7 out of 10 might be either a person that needs a caregiver or will be taking care of somebody else who needs uh, somebody who looks after them and helps them on a daily basis in many different areas of their life so they can still have a life. And even if it's not the life what they had envisioned, both of the partners have not envisioned, But still, there's a lot of things that you can do together. So, and that's why I wanted to talk today, just to bring awareness about the topic and make women aware that it is a possibility. I had a good friend who retired and she had a husband who had a heart condition. And about four months into her retirement, her husband turned sick and she had to take care of him on a daily basis. And that was not really, of course, what she had thought of that retirement would look like. But you don't know when things happen. Uh, It can be early in your retirement, can be later in your retirement that um, somebody turns sick and needs help. So um, why is the topic of spousal caregiving not talked about really in retirement planning? Um, say mm-hmm. there's not that many planners around Usually, so when you talk about retirement planning, you look at the financial side with a certified financial planner, but the other side is definitely not much talked about. So why do you think that is?
2: in our culture just in general we don't dwell on things that are bad news we are much more of a of a society that looks towards what makes us happy what makes us warm in heart and so it would be a natural thing for us not to dwell on all of the downsides or the dark side of something, or as I say, the the dark side of the street versus the sunny side of the street. And I would say that financial planners, when you are working with a financial planner, they most likely are counseling their clients to add in additional uh, factors of additional medical expenses in their later years, but they don't talk that much about it because that's really out of their area of expertise. They can get into the numbers and assure people or caution them of how they need to live to be able to uh, not outlast their portfolio or their savings, but in fact, how they live, is not really where financial planners feel comfortable. And just another example, when I think about it, and I see it so often that uh, a societal thing that when we look at uh, the benefits of a drug, you might either see it on television or read it in a magazine or in a newspaper. It's in big letters all of the benefits of that medication or that drug. And then on the second page or at the end of the commercial, they speak either very quickly or it's in really tiny print, all of the possible negative side effects. So it gives you mm-hmm. a sense of, yes, we really don't dwell on the negative. We dwell on the positive.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, that's definitely a good uh, observation that you have here. I think that's very true. And that's human, of course, to look for the positive side of life and also look for things that make you happy and forget about the rest. Okay, if you notice something is uh, not going as well, then you might start thinking, okay, why is that happening? Or how can I take care of it? But normally, Everybody wants to have a pleasant life and daily activities. So you did write a book. And uh, in your book called The Retirement Challenge, you are talking about five major areas for caregivers. And um, as we mentioned already a little bit, Caregivers can have a really hard time. Um, Why is uh, it so uh, daunting for many caregivers, A, to do this? And B, what can they do um, when they are in that situation? What are the five areas that they can take back control of? So it's two questions in one, sorry. (laughs) But um, yeah, yeah, I would love to hear a little bit more about your take on the on the topic. All right.
2: What I will say first is how I am affected by it, or where my personal story is on spousal yes, caregiving, please, 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 and that yes. that gives much more depth to what I'm saying. And that is, yeah. um, my husband. Uh, uh, When he was in his early 70s, was diagnosed with what began as mild cognitive impairment, and that's the potential start to dementia or Alzheimer's, which, in fact, he did uh, develop that. And so I have learned personally what it is to be um, a spousal caregiver. Uh, in, in the midst of a retirement plan that we had felt pretty secure about. And th- the question that you had asked is what's the most daunting aspect of it? I've thought about it. And there are many daunting aspects of, of caregiving. But one of them that comes to mind for me is always being on duty. Yes. And what I mean by, what I mean by that is that although your spouse or life partner has some or met a high level of independence or a a small level of independence, as a caregiver, your role is to be there and to be able to step in. And the way in which you do it, just like understudies in a play, is that you are always ready. You're ready for the expected and the unexpected. So uh, it's definitely a life changer to be always on duty for that special role that you have. Now, uh, Maria, you had mentioned that there are five major areas, and I'll I'll just briefly get into them. And then as we have time and maybe part of the other questions that that I respond to, we'll get into those. The first is self-care, and the most uh, frequently given example is you're on a plane, flight attendant is going through their script, which includes, all right, when if the oxygen masks drop down above you, if you are with someone else, remember to put yours on first before the yeah. other person, because without taking care of yourself and being prepared to help, you cannot be of help to the other person. So self-care in so many regards is important. Um, and I'll just Mentioned the important. I, I think all of us are now reading about the benefits of sleep, and yet as a caregiver, it's a real challenge to be able to get the sleep that we need and the kind mm-hmm. of sleep because there yeah. is a diff- differences in the types of sleep that we get. So sleep, mindful eating, and exercise are so important to us. The second area is the difference and knowing the difference between being a caregiver versus a care manager. We can be both and we should be both. Caregiving is the individual giving of care to someone. And the other is being a care manager is allowing uh, ourselves to seek out help, to plan for it so that it can, that help can in fact be a benefit to our, our loved one and also to ourselves. And the third area is, Care recipients. And I, I think about that. Um, we don't have an, uh, a, a catchy term for it, but it's the person who is receiving your care. And that is that I often put myself in my spouse's place and think about what is his life and how would he like to be cared for and as well as be treated as a person who has an identity and an independence. So it's, it's really looking at the care recipient and giving them their, their life as they would like it. And the fourth area is the stepping back. I call it the big picture. And that is, uh, again, I'll drop into some of my own experiences, which is on a daily basis, a caregiver can get lost in the mire of the trees that are up front And it isn't often that we stand back and look at the big forest, look at the big picture, look to see what are, what, what is today and what is, what does tomorrow look like? And the last, not diminished by it being the last one, is that there are gifts to being a caregiver. And I so appreciate your affirmation at the very beginning of your show, which said, the, the gratitude for the opportunity to care for others. Oh my gosh. Yes. Because there are so many things that I receive when I think about the gifts that I've received as being a caregiver that I've been given the gift of getting better at the level of my patience to be able to slow down and really enjoy life for what it is being in the moment, living in today. I'm giving also the gift of for other peoples to care for me and for my husband, because we we do like and enjoy the opportunity to give to others. It makes us feel so good. And uh, I remember my mother saying, it's so much better to give than to receive. And she and others who have said the same thing are so, so right.
1: Yes, I, I think that's very um, well said. I giving definitely is uh something that comes from the heart that gives you a feeling of being needed of being helpful and as a caregiver that is one of the the rewarding parts of going through the daily tasks that you have and indeed like you say there's so much to take care of on a daily weekly monthly uh, schedule with doctor's visits and all that kind of things that you sometimes forget what life is about and how you still can have a wonderful togetherness together when uh, you're taking care of your spouse. So the, the five things that you just mentioned, we will definitely come back to them I will break here for a short uh, two or three minutes so that uh, the listener can uh, get um, a little uh, pause here. And then we will back and we will dive deep into the aspects of uh, what are causing the stress and the anxiety when you are a caregiver. And then we come back to the five major areas where we can go more in depth. So we're going on break right now for a little while. See you back in a few minutes.
0: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
3: Have you been wondering, is this all there is in life? You've been a good worker, year after year. You've checked off the boxes and retirement is near. Or maybe you've been forced to take early retirement. These are supposed to be the golden years, yet it feels empty. You feel all alone, questioning your life direction. Or maybe you've experienced a medical scare or find yourself caring for elderly parents or kids who've moved back home. You're unmotivated and passionless, left pondering what you're going to do with the next chapter of your life. You're not alone. You're in the discovery phase, as retirement expert Maria Lukasen says. It's time to step into freedom and fulfillment so that you can live your best years yet. First, you've got to learn to adapt and thrive during uncertain times. Find out how by getting your free next chapter assessment. Just click on the banner at the host page or email Maria at marialukasenhq.com.
1: your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com.
0: You are listening to Women Seeking Blissful Retirement. To reach Maria Lukasen, her guest, or the show today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, please send to Maria at marialukasenhq.com. Now, back to Women Seeking
1: Blissful Retirement. Welcome back, ladies. And if you have enjoyed the show so far. Please make sure to rate our show when you are listening on Apple iTunes or any of the other podcast channels and give us a five star review. Yes, I love to get your questions and read your comments. So please feel free to email me and I will answer your questions in the next show. So let's dive in with Leslie about all the areas, all the things that can really create stress and anxiety in the role of a caregiver. Um, And also, we we mentioned already the five areas. I'm sure you have ideas on how a caregiver would be able to avoid or reduce them. So let's go into those areas now first. All right. Well, talking about stress and anxiety,
2: uh, caregivers can relate to this, and that is that there is always a low-grade anxiety level that exists because, and I'll say we, because I am a caregiver, so I speak as a caregiver and then also as a coach for those who are either in the depths of caregiving or are aware that they will have a caregiving responsibility in their future or will need caregiving by their spouse, and they can see it in the horizon, that we have a never-ending to-do list. I know that prior to being a caregiver, I had a to-do list for sure. Yes. And now I have one that is double the size because I have what I'm doing for myself and also for my spouse and I guess I would add in the third, which is what our what we need, what our responsibilities are together. So there is mm-hmm. always something, and one of the things that caregivers need to be aware of is that you can only plan so much yeah. uh, because there will be unexpected, and the best that, that you can do is to. Have a, 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 I call it plan A, plan B, and yeah. a plan C somewhere out wow. there. And okay. some, sometimes we do need to go to C. Uh Yes. Yeah. And for those people who are sitting and listening to this podcast and saying, I'm not a planner. I'm more of a, by the seat of my pants, I'm more of a spontaneous person. Well, I would say a realistic response to that is that you do need to learn a little bit of the skills of planning and practicing them. And I believe that you can find a way to appreciate its benefits. So yes, uh, for the, those non-planners in the audience, the reality is, yes, there is some planning that is absolutely necessary. And the other side of the spectrum, Maria, is that for those who are the ultimate planners in that every aspect of their, of their day is planned, my advice for you is to ease up because uh-huh. uh, uh, that, that adds to the anxiety and the stress. Of believing that every moment has to be planned. And then when something breaks that pattern, it is, it's, it could be quite unsettling and disconcerting. And, uh, some people feel as though then they're failing in their, in their life or caregiving responsibilities. So I would caution for people to ease up, ease up the pedal on having everything planned so that life can have the, the pleasant feeling of being spontaneous, also of just having moments of doing nothing, doing nothing. I, I know that, that for some of us it might sound like, oh, it's easy for me to say, do nothing, I'm a caregiver, I'm, I'm on duty 24 hours a day. And I would say that with some intentional work uh, that we can Bring back some control and some time in our life.
1: Yes, and I, uh, I I see that this is a broad spectrum of planning. What you can do when you are in the situation, and for sure, after a while, even the one who are uh, used to plan and want everything thought out in detail will be able to loosen up a little bit because the, the time and the pressure will tell them that uh, it's not good to plan it so much in detail that there is not uh, enough flexibility to go with the flow because um, my thinking is that things will just happen um, in life, especially if you are taking care of somebody. So... Um, yes, I think that is a really um, a, a big piece of the stress and the anxiety that you have. So when you're looking at that, um, we were just talking about areas that um, are challenging. So what can people do to um, either reduce the stress in... in- avoided even. All right.
2: And well, I'm thinking about it from a perspective of everyone is different. Just as yeah. I know that you find that when you're working with clients and looking at their horizon, be it close or, or far in the future of planning their retirement, that everyone is different. Everyone's desires or wishes, or dreams are different. And that's what's important for people to capture what is important for me. So I will I will personalize that. What is important for me? What is important for me, for my spouse, for us together, if that's the case? But I, I do want to respect each person's identity and that as, as I look into my own self of what's important to me, that's the first step in creating a plan. Uh, and it isn't like anyone else's. I look at my, my thumb and I look at my finger, the fingerprint in my thumb and I realize that no one else has that same fingerprint. And that's the same as the solution or the plan or the approach for reducing stress and anxiety one thing that we do have in common is seeking out resources that are available. I know for myself, I happen to be a person who is a resource seeker. And I don't know whether it's in my genes or I learned it along the way, but it has certainly served me well. And that is to seek out what is available for me? I know that when my husband's diagnosis came, that I looked to the associations uh, that dealt with either the resource or treatment um, or outreach for his disease. So I looked. I asked my uh, uh, um, my physician and my husband's physician of what are the good and credible online resources as well because yeah. we all know that there are some things out there that if you type something in, it's not necessarily the best thing for you to read because it may not be helpful. But in fact, uh, people who are close to treating the disease or the chronic illness that we're talking about will be able to help in finding those. The other is, and I won't I don't um underestimate this at all because and I'll say it support groups. It has been yes. my uh salvation in many, in many ways, in many occasions. And I see that in, in the clients that I work with uh, in my retirement practice. And that is that I have, and again, I'll personalize that as an example, is that there are in-person, although pre, pre-pandemic and now the support groups that used to be uh, in-person yeah. for me are now on Zoom. And we're still able to do that, and it's still as meaningful for me. And I also uh, found uh, one or two meaningful online support groups And the benefit of an online support group is that the audience and the participants are vastly bigger. Um, In my, I'll say, in-person support group, there could be from 10 to 14 people gathered on Zoom. And yet online, there could be over a thousand people. And putting out a question or just putting out an emotion that you're feeling that day is just um, a groundswell of of help and support that you receive. So I, I, I certainly speak highly of the different types of support groups that are out there, and then also um, friends and family. Never forget what they're able to bring to you. And you, to them, it's one of, and as I mentioned before, one of the gifts of caregiving is that you're able to give others the opportunity to be of help. Yes. Many times, and I can relate it in, in a number of situations where people are somewhat hesitant or at a loss for how to be helpful. Yeah. And, uh uh, and and i mentioned this in uh, in in my in my in the book the retirement challenge of how oh first the question is when do I, as a caregiver when do i need help and yeah. with an exclamation point i will say now no matter where you are on your journey with either for yourself or your care uh, your care um uh, your spouse who needs care is that start before you really need the heavy duty Care, uh, caregiving support, and that is be comfortable with asking for help. And people respond when they know the types of help that you might need. And some of that, they very well be starting off with some things that are one-time something that you might need, picking something up at the supermarket uh getting something to the post office that you're not able to do or have time to do. It could be companionship either for you or for your spouse and being specific about what that means. Because again, people are at a loss. They're not exactly sure how they can be of help, but they want, they know that they want to be of help. So it could be as much as you letting them know that if they came with a A cup of coffee for you and a pastry and sitting with you for 15 minutes would be what a wonderful part to your day. Or being with your spouse who might enjoy playing a a card game or uh, looking at pictures or discussing what's in the newspaper. So being, again, being specific is so, so very helpful for people who want to be of help to caregivers and then right. I say sharing the load. It's what we might be able to do. Where I can't do something myself, I think of things that are physical that my spouse used to be able to be on the other end of a heavy sofa that needs to be moved. Well, a friend could come over, and that would make my day. It would take them ten minutes, and yet it would be something that would have taken me much longer and risked me getting hurt. Yes. Food. Yes. Oh my gosh. We are such a society that appreciates and enjoys receiving it, and then also the making or the purchasing of something that is food, any, any, any shape, any measure of it. It's always welcome. And then the heavy lifting. I say that because depending on where someone is with their responsibility of caregiving, it can be a very heavy responsibility And there are people out there, they may be a surprise to you of someone who is either quiet or you don't know very well, but they're up for the challenge of meeting you where you need to be when you're into the emotional heavy lifting
1: of caregiving. Yes. Um, Oftentimes, because you don't talk about these topics, you don't know how people can help you. And I I liked it when you explained, yes, many of us who see this happening with friends uh, would love to help. And often we don't know what the other person wants, but sometimes, like you say, it can be just a small thing that can brighten their day and can give them the feeling, hey, I'm not alone, I have, a support team behind me that can either do something for me, like you mentioned, go to the the grocery store the pharmacy and get something that you need or somebody that was a good friend and still is a good friend can come over and just sit with your spouse and talk a little bit about things they did in the past or something that has just happened. On the news and they remember yes your close friends and family are really important in for yourself to feel uh, that there is a support for you too in the time that you are taking care of um, your husband who needs you in 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 many ways so that is uh, was a really really detailed uh, description and also great examples for everybody to see. Hey, this is what what you can do to not be going it alone. So other other resources. And I, I loved it when you mentioned to support groups and how he explains. The the ones where you could go in person and the big ones, the internet. Some people don't like it, but there are uh, some really great groups out there who give uh, lots of love and support and connection with people that have difficult situations. And the internet is really great for that. So uh, what I wanted to ask is, are there other resources available? to caregivers that they can use to make their life a little bit more easier, a little bit more, less stressful? Mm-hmm.
2: I, I would say one of the things that I do as a practice and many of my clients do, is uh, adopting an attitude of gratitude uh, and at the same time, I say that it is sometimes a challenge to feel grateful for a very difficult day. But the way that I end my day is I, at my bedside, is a journal. And I write every day with the date five things that I'm grateful for in that day. And what that does is it brings me to a positive place. Of mind and body. And when I'm going off to sleep, I have relaxed myself because I've had to think about, and some of them, and I, and I don't mean that these five things need to be huge, but in fact, they're things that are just, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for having the opportunity to be in a caregiver. I'm thankful that I had those 10 minutes to get outside and just be Just look at where I'm right now. I can look out the window and I'm seeing the fall leaves. So just those 10 minutes, that's something that I'm grateful for. And waking up in the morning, because as I know that our brain flushes out the previous day. And for me, having had those gratitudes as the last thing that I did, I believe that it creates a better feeling of when I get up. And I also have found myself thinking about when good things happen, little and big during the day, I say to myself, that is one of my gratitudes for the day. And it helps Mm -hmm. me resonate with that living in the moment. I think that's a long answer to that question of how do we reduce that stress and anxiety? And I say, appreciate the moment that we have.
1: Right, right. Yes, uh, that's definitely uh, something I do on a daily basis, too. I think that no matter what situation you are in, but uh, being grateful for the good things that are happening in your life, and they can be small or big, is uh, a good way to finish up the day. So, Leslie, I'm going to give you one or two minutes now to uh, tell the listener. Uh, how they can get hold of you if they want to talk with you a little bit more about this topic. Um, We have um, about three or four minutes left. So, uh, yeah, I want to really give you the chance to talk uh, how they can get in touch.
2: All right. Well, well, thank you. And again, thank you for the opportunity of being here. And, And I'm hoping that you hear it in my voice that I'm incredibly passionate about this because I believe that retirement is a unique time in our life and that it can be the most joyful. And I'll use the word that you use, Maria, blissful. I looked it up in uh, the dictionary, what are the synonyms? And for sure, it's very happy and joyful. And I believe yes. that in a caregiver role, we can be joyful. And so we how people can get in touch with me first um, is that I, I have co-authored the two books that you mentioned, The Retirement challenging Challenge and Right Sourcing Retirement, and I can be found on LinkedIn as well as my Gmail address, which is my name, Coke at com. And uh, with COVID, I have changed my format of coaching in that I do coaching uh, over the phone with my clients as well as, uh, by Zoom or by, by non, non video. And then also I'll be offering a series of workshops beginning in January and they will touch on the general topic of retirement planning with, uh, some of the fo- focus with a separate workshop on spousal caregiving and then also, uh, a relationship with money. Wow!
1: a matter of wow. Yes. So it's good for the listener to get in touch if they want to be part of your workshops that you're going to do in January. And in meanwhile, they can um, get a uh, connection with you on LinkedIn or just write you an email. So thank you so much, Leslie, for being on the call. I uh, appreciate it that you were here explaining to us a little bit more about this topic and I want to finish this uh, episode of women seeking blissful retirement with my quote kindness can transform someone's dark moment with a blaze of light you'll never know how much your caring matters make a difference for another day and this is a quote from Amy Lee Mercury she is an author So next week, we will be talking about another topic, and it's going to be important. It just started now on October 15. Medicare is open enrollment at the moment. And next week, Aaron Fisher will come on to explain a little bit more about this to us. So thank you all the listeners for being on the show. I wish you all a great weekend and a new week, and I'll talk to you again next week on Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern time. Take care. God bless. Thank
0: you for joining us for this edition of Women Seeking Blissful Retirement. Your host, Maria Lukasen, will return with another show next Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern time and 11 a.m. Pacific time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Together, we'll help you enjoy better retirement.